This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 18 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, Pony Club in America and Canada. Thank you to our listeners who have donated to the Horse Radio Network. Your support is appreciated. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, where weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop I am Glenda Geek And I am Helena B And this is the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Hey, welcome back Helena Thank you. It's good to be back. You had quite an adventurous time last week. For those that didn't listen to last week's show, Helena unexpectedly couldn't make it, and we had uh, Jackie from RegardingHorses.com sit in and did a show, but uh, we're glad to have you back now. So what happened? Well, my husband was doing some construction work on our garage. He was replacing a door and, um, and, and a window and a couple other things. And all of the debris from the old door and window was on the garage floor, including a two by four that had a, a really nasty looking nail in it. And uh, he jumped off the stairs and onto the two by four and the nail went right through his foot. Oh, it's not like he just stepped on it. He jumped on it. He jumped on it because he actually Ugh. had to remove their, the stairs that, are, that go into the garage. So there was just this platform and he jumped off the platform onto the garage floor, and uh, the nail went right through his work boot, through his foot. Um, and you, you couldn't find a dirtier, nastier, rustier, bigger nail. Okay. And um, I had the pleasure of pulling it out of his foot. Ah. Which, I, I, you know, who knows what to do in a situation like that. But um, apparently I, I didn't do it in the most comfortable way. <laughs> well, is there a comfortable way to pull a three-inch <laughs> nail out of a foot? Oh no! The whole two by four was stuck to the bottom of his foot. It was, it was really horrid, and um, so he he developed a really bad infection um, afterwards, and he ended up being hospitalized for five days on IV antibiotics. Holy crap! Yeah, really? it was. Yeah, oh yeah, it was really uh, scary. They pulled out the real heavy hitter antibiotics, and um, you know it's ten days later now, and it's still pretty painful. So wow. that's, that, that's that, a, there, there's a lesson for everybody, huh? Oh, just be careful. Even with work boots on, you what know, is, don't jump on nails. That's, that's the <laughs> no, first think, lesson. Let's back it up. Don't leave nails and boards lying Pointing around. Up. <laughs> yeah. Dispose of sharp things appropriately. And you know what? All of us that have had farms have done it. I did it. Yeah. My wife has done it. We've all done it. Yeah. Uh, and but just keep an eye on it because infections are, are nasty. I mean, they really, really nasty. And, w- you know, when you told me that story, what I didn't tell you is my brother in his first job working for a cable company, his boss um, actually died within five days of stepping on a nail. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you didn't tell, I me didn't that tell you that at the time. No. <laughs> but but it's true. I mean, you really got to address it. You just can't say, oh, this is going to go away. Yeah. Most um, the doctor said that the. 
most of the complications that come out of situations like this are because people wait to get it treated. They sort of, you know, they do it at home, they soak it or whatever they, they do. And then they wait 24 to 48 hours and then they go get it treated. And by that time you're really behind the eight ball. Thankfully, I mean, we went right away and, um, we kind of stayed on top of it, which was why it didn't get any worse than it was. But the apparently it's so funny because whenever stuff like this happens, you get such an education in what in your body, and in this case, all the kinds of bacteria that are out there. But there's a particular type of bacteria called Pseudomonas aurigalis, if I'm saying that right. But it lives on the bottom of sneakers, work boots, you know, rubber shoes, and it's a really nasty bug. So whenever you step on a nail and it goes through a sneaker, that all the more reason to go to the hospital because the chances are this particular bacteria got pushed up into your foot through your shoe, like your socks, like material from your, you know, the, the, as yep, the nail goes yep. into your foot, it brings with it all the material it goes through. Well, like and the especially of- a horse person's boot. I mean, yes. there's all kinds of stuff. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm glad so, to hear he's doing better. That was that sounded nasty. Yeah, man. And get your tetanus shot when you do something like that too. Yeah, sure. they they don't give you much of a choice. They they'll they'll prick you full of everything when you go into the hospital. Well, tetanus is doing better. Well. Wow. Yeah. Well, I also uh, before we get started on today's show, I'm kind of excited about it. Um, I wanted to mention that. We now set up, uh, a couple people had asked, and we set up a way for people to donate to the show. So if you're feeling inclined and you really like the programming that we put out, I'm not going to make this a PBS commercial, by the way. <laughs> um, so if you're really feeling like inclined that you like what we do and you want to hear more of it and wish to donate as little as $2, uh, you can do that at our website. You'll see a donations link on the left-hand side. You can do it right through PayPal. It's real easy. And also, for those of you, I'm not going to go into this in great detail. If you don't know what it is, uh, you can look it up. Uh, For those of you that are on Twitter, and apparently there's more and more of the horse community that are getting on Twitter, and that can be found at twitter.com. We are Horse Radio on Twitter, Twitter, so if you want to follow us on on Twitter, you can do that. Just type in Horse Radio in your search, and you'll find us. Uh, So what do we got today, Helena? I think you muted yourself. I did mute myself. <laughs> you know, I know a couple of people who wish I did that every day. <laughs> okay. Um, on today's show, we have, well, I'm kind of excited because I have a whole lot of respect for this organization. The whole show is about Pony Club in America, and we also have um, a discussion about Pony Club in Canada. We have the director of both of those clubs with us today um, to talk about how Pony Club is doing and what's in store for the future. And we also have a special co-host to help us out today, who we'll introduce in a moment. Plus, on today's show, we will announce the winners in the holiday giveaway program that we had, which was sponsored by Rods and Equestrian Collections. So stay tuned for that. And coming up, the Christmas show on December 23rd, we're going to announce the winners of the Pink Overall Contest. And they were really, really good entries. Um way more than we had expected so we're kind of excited about that and uh we will read the winning well the top what top five glenn yeah, top five picks yep top five picks um on december 23rd cool. and uh, that's what we have well that's great and i want to say for a matter of disclosure before we get into the pony club discussion i'm kind of partial to pony club because my wife was a graduate pony clubber so uh and we actually helped out with our local pony club when we were in pennsylvania so i'm kind of partial to pony club yeah uh, your your wife is 
a walking encyclopedia of horse information. Yes. And, and she it, attributes it to Pony Club. A lot of that, she learned at Pony Club. That's exactly right. And there's another person that's uh, an encyclopedia of Pony Club information, and that's our co-host. And we thought there'd be no better way to dive into the world of Pony Club than to have a per- current Pony Clubber help us out. Uh, she's taken time out of her college exam week to be with us today, and she's a member of the Quentin Pony Club in Pennsylvania, and I believe the Quentin Club is part of the Maryland region, uh, and she serves on the National Youth Board, or is about to. It's a new board that's uh, coming into play with Pony Club, and she'll tell us about that, and we want to welcome Jesse Barker. Hi, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Hi. Well, we're glad to have you with us today, so tell us about a little bit about your history in Pony Club. Well, I started when I was about 13 or 14. I joined Pony Club later than an average Pony Clubber would. Um, but I died right in. I went from being unrated all the way to a C2 in one year. And um, well, let's clarify. Since then, I'm currently an HB now. And um, since then, I've grown in my wealth and knowledge and horses and played all the games of Pony Club and all that stuff. Now, let's clarify for people, too. There are different levels. There's about, what, 10 levels of Pony Club that you work your way up through? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that right? There's about 10 of them? We don't have to yeah, go into what 10. they are, but, yeah. So you work your way up through your, your career in Pony Club, and they're right. test, you're tested, and you have, to, you have to meet certain requirements to go to the next level. Correct. And the top level is A still, right? Well, wait a minute. Let's let's go through the levels because okay. we, well, we you, it's, you're gonna. She's gonna be sorry she asked that question. <laughs> sorry, Jesse, but it it starts with it's. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's it goes D C B A. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, and then within each of those levels, you have how many? Like for example, how many within the D level are there? Well, I can go through all the levels. It's not a big deal. I do this every year. Um, <laughs> it goes D one, D two, D three. C1, C2, C3, HB, B, H, and then the A. Okay. And and when you get to the A level, how would you describe, you know, what's the elevator version of, of a person's knowledge who's gone, who's graduated at the A level? At the A level, you're pretty much the equivalent to having a very solid knowledge base of close to being a vet. Wow. They actually say... They actually say that um, your knowledge base at the B level is that you could enter vet school and be able to keep up with the second year um, vet student. Wow. Wow, no wonder my wife knows a lot about horses. That's no, I always think of like the, the uh, now what's the highest level, HA or A? A. A is A's. the highest level. The A is the riding uh, portion of the HA. The HA is the highest knowledge that you can obtain in Pony Club. Excellent. Okay. So I attribute that, like I equate that to, uh, you know, having your PhD in horsemanship. Pretty much. Okay. Good. That's cool, so, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of neat. And now, do you have horses? Yes, I have two thoroughbreds. One of them's an Irish thoroughbred. She's 16 two hands, a big Irish red copper uh, mare. And um, I also have a little dinky uh, thoroughbred that I use for pull across, and I've been riding a lot lately. He's younger, so I've been trying to bring him along on top of school, and that demands a lot of my time as well. So, so now, are you an inventor? 
Yes, um, I invented for many years, and um, I haven't really invented much since I had knee surgery about three or four years ago. Been trying to slowly get back into the swing of things, um, been different things. Um, recently, I've gotten into pull across, and um, my team is hoping to go to nationals next year. We've qualified, but we're That's trying the... to fundraise our way up there. That looks like a lot of fun, polo cross. Yes, it's very much, it's a lot of fun. We have a blast, and... So tell us a little bit about, you're going to be part of what's called the National Youth Board. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that. What's that? Well, the National Youth Board is um, something that came up in National Youth Congress last this past January. Um, we all decided as youth representatives of Pony Club that we needed to bridge the gap between the membership and the Board of Governors who make all of our decisions for us, make the policies, make decide all of our decisions for us, and we wanted to make the membership feel like they were heard and considered um, as, you know, as valuable input, because oftentimes our membership doesn't feel that they're involved in the decisions of Pony Club. So the the Board of Governors are adults? Yes. They're chosen. um, Some of them are national examiners. Some of them are directors that uh, work directly for the organization, and some of them, I believe, are just uh, committee chairs, that kind of thing. Um, But they have a pretty high role in Pony Club. And they basically make the decisions. And now what what you're saying, which makes total sense to me, is let some of the let's let representatives of the membership, the actual pony clubbers, be involved in some of those decisions. Right. So that's where the National Youth Board would be able to step in and go back to the membership and ask them what they think of whatever the Board of Governors is thinking about or talking about. And basically, we're the bridge to educate our membership a little better about what's going on at the national level to uh, promote, you know, keep the membership involved at every level and every aspect of Pony Club, which is what it should be. Now, have you, has this started yet or is this up and coming? Well, we've been working on a proposal all year with Board of Governors. They've pretty much approved the proposal, and we are moving forward. We're actually officially starting as of January 1st of next year. Um, there's about there's a group of eight of us that are really excited. We're really uh, pumped to get it started and get, get it going. Um, we really think it's going to be a valuable asset for the Board of Governors. Oh, I agree. That's great. I agree, too. I, I, I was I'm kind of surprised they didn't have that before. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sure there well, was it's a... been something that has been considered before by the Board of Governors. I just was not followed through as actively or as aggressively as we have um, pushed it through this year. Um, we've been very involved with uh, promoting it across the board, both at the local level and at the regional level, as well as the national level. So we've been really proactive on all sides trying to get it through. Well, they're going to have one great member of that board with you. I tell you, you can tell your enthusiasm just talking to you here. Yeah, so. talk about hearing the passion in someone's voice. They're not going to pull at it, anything over on Jesse. Good job. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, let's get uh, let's get the executive director of the United States Pony Club with us, uh, and she's going to come on today and tell us a little bit about. 
talk a little bit about the history, and we have a lot of questions for her about the future of Pony Club as well. So she's the current executive director of the United States Pony Club, and her name is Peggy, and let's get her on the phone now. Hi, Peggy. We appreciate you being on the Stable Scoop radio show today. Well, thank you for having me. We're very excited about um, always excited about the opportunity to talk about Pony Club. Well, and I, t- I wanted to thank you for recommending. I'm going to embarrass her now. I wanted to thank <laughs> you for recommending Jessie because she is certainly passionate about Pony Club. Well, she's done a lot of work to um, put forward a proposal to the Board of Governors um, for a national youth board, which we're very excited about seeing um, come to being next year. And we're excited to be able to work with these wonderful young people that we have in the organization. What a great idea that is. I, I, we were just saying that we were kind of surprised that that it probably happened informally, but it's nice that that's going to be formalized. And is Jesse blushing yet? <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit. <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit about the history of the Pony Club in America. Okay. Pony Club um, was started in the United States in 1954, the United States Pony Clubs. Before that, we actually had had some branches of the British Pony Club that were here. Um, That makes Pony Club 54 years old, and the British Pony Club is um, 79 years old this year. So um, it was going in Great Britain a little bit before it came over to the United States. And a a group of uh, fox hunting, very dedicated and um, interested fox hunting people got together and decided that the United States needed their own Pony Club, and that's how it came to be. Okay, so how long have you been the director of the Pony Club? I moved into the national office in 1998, and have been been executive director since um, 99. Okay, so you've been around about 10 years then. Are you a PC graduate yourself? I am. I was lucky enough to grow up in what I call the very best Pony Club in the whole wide world, um, (laughs) the Mendon Pony Club. Now, where's um, that at? It's up near Rochester, New York. Okay. Okay. So how many members does a Pony Club have nationally now? Um, We have currently 11,500 youth members. And is that, uh, how many clubs does that represent? It is spread out in 43 regions and just at 600 clubs. Okay, so there's quite a few clubs. Across the country. Yes, there are. All right, cool. So have you seen the membership on a rise or declining? What's been happening over that last 10 years you've been with the club? Well, we actually have um, have seen a decline in our traditional membership a little bit, and we have been doing some new programs to try to address that. Um, we have one new program, which is called our Center Program, which is in a five-year trial that the Brits had been doing for, they started it in the year 2000 and has been very successful there. And we're very excited about the center program because it makes the Pony Club program available to children that do not have access to their own horse. And this has always been a problem for us. And it allows a riding stable, and this riding stable can take a lot of different forms. It can be a commercial riding stable or it can be a group, for example, a NARA program that would provide the Pony Club program to children that come to them to ride. And they can be Pony Club members without owning the horse. It might just be that they come and do one mounted lesson a week, but they still would get the Pony Club program through the center. Now, I and think this is a v- very interesting concept because um, 
Pony Pony Club seems to be, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the only um, organization that provides a set of standards or best practices uh, when it comes to horsemanship in the United States. And um, if you don't have your own mount, it's it's difficult to have access to that credible body of knowledge. So if you if you're bringing it now to the stables, to these riding stables, um, you you're sort of raising the level of, um, I don't know, professionalism, credibility, authority, and putting it in the hands of the instructors. Um, is that the goal of this program? Well, the goal is to is to provide the program to more children. And one of the things that we've found through research that we've been doing since um, 19, I mean, 2004 with a strategic planning initiative is we've gone to our members, we've gone to our leaders, uh, we've gone to our parents and, you know, ask them what about the program they like, what's working for them and all. And a lot of the parents and the young people told us that they found Pony Club after they got the horse and they'd already made some decisions or had found things weren't working so well for them. And then they found Pony Club and really found a program that did work for them that was safe for the children and also it really helped them deal with the horse that they ended up with, so to speak. Um, and so we recognize the need to to really identify the family when they're interested in horses before they get down the road a little bit. Um, and so this allows us to do that. It We are also partnering with the, the United States Eventing Association and the Dressage Federation to support their instructor certification programs and make their workshops for these programs available to our Pony Club instructors as well as our upper-level Pony Club members so that we're really um, hopefully improving the level of instruction in Pony Club by associating with these two professional organizations. Right. So let's say I'm shopping around for a riding stable for my child where we want to, we're interested in horses. Um, Mm -hmm. Will there be something like um, a a certification program or, you know, can I go to a stable and look for a United States Pony Club certified lesson program or a USEA certified instructor? Can I look for these seals? Okay. Yes, you can. And when the center is recognized by USPC, they get a plaque that they put up, and it has a year tag on it, just like your license plate would, to say that you are a recognized center for 2008 or recognized center for 2009, whatever. Um, and they have have had visits. They've been. Um, it has been ensured that they have the facility and the instructor base to be able to provide the Pony Club program. We do not certify the stable as some of the other groups do, um, but we we really want to make sure that they have the capability of providing the Pony Club program. And um, they will hang up their their plaque. They can use it in advertising that they are a recognized center, and also on. Um, our Pony Club website, we do list the centers. Yeah, I saw that. I did see that on the website that you, you do have listings there. You know, I'm right. glad to see this. I think that there was a disconnect, you know, when we were really involved 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think there was that was a disconnect. And what would ha- tend to happen is the kids would they would sort of gravitate toward a lot of them, depending on where you were in the country, would end up gravitating towards 4-H. 
And so I'm glad to see that that there's more of an outreach program going on now with Pony Club. I think Pony Club is the most wonderful program, and you cannot learn any more than about horses than you do with Pony Club. I just think that, that there was a tiny bit of a mental barrier there. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but there was always... Well, I think I know what you're trying to say, Glenn, and that is that Pony Club has a very unique program where we really try and reach out and try and teach both the riding aspect as well as the um, on-the-ground aspect as far as in horse management, how to take care of your horse to the best ability that you can and to treat them like an equal partner, which is what we should treat them like as equal partners because they do really do a wonderful job and they uh, take every moment and to enjoy ourselves and they make us, you know, be able to perform for our enjoyment and, you know, and horse management is what separates Pony Club from all of the other youth equestrian programs out there. I, I totally agree. And, and Peggy, you better look out because uh, somebody's going to be itching for your job when she graduates <laughs> from college. <so. laughs> and nothing would make me happier um, when I am ready to retire to be able to turn it off to, to a wonderful Pony Club graduate because we certainly have a lot of very capable and exciting young people in our organization. Um, you mentioned 4-H, and um, you know 4-H is also a wonderful organization. I wouldn't want to take anything away from them. And in many areas of the country, um, a lot of Pony Club members also participate in 4-H, and those two organizations can be very complementary to one another. Um, so I just wanted to say that as well. Yeah, I know that there's a lot of 4-H shows that Pony Clubbers attend around the country. So Absolutely. Uh, and vice versa. Absolutely. Yeah. So t- tell tell uh, while you were just talking about graduates, I don't think people realize how many high level, high big name graduates there have been at Pony Club. Um, when I saw on your website that fifty percent of the two thousand eight Rolex four star uh, eventers were graduates of Pony Club around the world. That's very true, yes, and they are in other fields as well. We've had a program um, going at our annual meeting which is called our National Youth Congress Academy of Achievement. And we bring back a number of Pony Club graduates that are in lots of different fields and have them work with our National Youth Congress um, delegates from around the country and spend two and a half days together working with these graduates to um, do lots of really interesting things and learn about one another and the academy of achievement representatives always let us know how important Pony Club was in their lives and helped them achieve a variety of, of very interesting things. Um, some notable people that have been involved in that program that are also graduates, both David and Karen O'Connor, um, John Williams, Gina Miles, um, well, you know, we had and Gina, on and on. We had Gina on the show, what, two months ago? right after she was done with the Olympics. Right. And she mentioned how, how she mentioned Pony Club. And I guess she's still actively involved in the Pony Club out in California out there, too. She absolutely is, and she's one of our national examiners. And, and Gina plays a very strong role in our organization. Well, that says a lot for the organization that you get people that are Olympians that are still donating their time to, to help the organization out. That says a lot. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, Do you have areas of the, the country, Peggy, that are more involved in Pony Club than others, and, and are you trying to reach out to some of these areas that are are not as active? Yes, we are. We um, Our membership kind of follows the 
concentrations of population across the country, the East Coast and the West Coast, and um, the density of membership in the Midwest is a little bit less, as is general population. Um, the West has been a huge growth area for us in the last 15 to 20 years. Um, in the, the middle 70s, Pony Club was fairly new to the West, and it, it, it all along the West Coast now is very strong Pony Club country. So it, it really does follow the horse world and the concentration of population. And, of course, we're always looking to, to grow it and, and make the program more available to more children. Yeah, I know when nationals, years ago, when you do nationals, you'd be lucky if there was a team from California that, that came out. That's true. In California and the whole West Coast really supports our once every three years festival here at the Kentucky Horse Park, which um, we have more than 1,200 competitors in our seven different disciplines. And then we go into um, two days of educational programs immediately following that. And many of the competitors stay on to do the educational programs and also many new members um, come in just for the educational program. So it's, it's a wonderful um, activity that is supported by pony clubs all over the country. Jesse, I think you'll agree with me. Festival is an interesting place. If you've never attended festival, it's an interesting <laughs> place. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, you know, I love going when I have the opportunity to go. Even if I compete at nationals, it gives me the opportunity to meet my friends that may have not made it to nationals but are coming for festival to get that educational aspect. And, um, you know, you have the resources there to jumpstart for your next breeding or whatever you want to achieve next in Pony Club. Um, you have the national examiners there. You have the people from the national office to, uh, you know, help you um, – you know, you have all the committees there as well. So it really is a, becomes a valuable asset, valuable tool. As well as a thousand screaming teenage girls. Let's not forget that part. <laughs> right. I know. It seems like a predominantly majority of it is all girls. But I must point out, we do have our boys. Well, and they're pretty happy about the, the ratio of girls. I, I wish I had <laughs> known that when I was growing up. If I had known, I would have joined Pony Club in a minute. Uh, I think I think that 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 should be taught as part of uh, teen or young teenage boys growing up. Just join Pony Club. Well, actually, that, that makes a good point because I'm always interested in getting horses to go mainstream. So I'm wondering if Pony Club has any kind of PR or marketing initiatives that reach out to mainstream America and. Um, to kind of expose the rest of the world, like Peggy said, to, to make this available to more children, not just those that are already um, installed in the horse communities. Do you have programs um, that reach out to mainstream yes, America? That's very true. What we're understanding more and more um, from some of our research is that our young people particularly are on the Internet. And so we're doing um, – we have in the plans – a redesign of our website to make it more user-friendly, to update it. It's a few years old now. Um, and to really reach out to the prospective family and member as well. Um, another thing that we're really working on is having a, a presence at the World Equestrian Games. Um, we're looking for opportunities for our members and their families to be volunteers as well as spectators at the World Equestrian Games. And we're really expecting a, a huge interest in horses to follow the World Equestrian Games here in the United States. And Pony Club is positioning ourselves to be more of a service to 
interested families. We're, we're talking about um, different levels of membership to be able to reach young people that don't necessarily have a horse but have some interest in learning about horses and that sort of thing. So we're, we're really looking for that. We do not have at this point a large marketing budget, but we're hoping to be able to grow that in anticipation of the World Equestrian Games. All right. I'd before to see a Super Bowl ad someday. There you go. <laughs> there you Let's go. start we'll taking donations. Right <laughs> we'll, we'll we just... can absolutely provide the young people for that ad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just start collecting donations now. You know, right, there you go. 2015 Pony Club Super Bowl ad fund. <laughs> All right. Before it won't take we let us that long to make that much money. <laughs> before we let you go, Peggy, Jesse, do you have any questions for Peggy that she'll have to answer because she's on the radio? No, I I think Peggy hears from me and the National League Board Committee pretty often. Okay. Um, I think she'll say that, and um, you know it. And I think Peggy will agree. This is going to be a great start to get the membership to uh, be able to understand a little more about the Board of Governors and the national policies, and we hope to be able to work with them as well. And we're and I have to tell her we are excited. We've been, you know, working. we're looking forward to the annual meeting. We're really looking forward to getting out there and promoting ourselves. So That's wonderful. We're very excited about it. Okay, Peggy, before we let you go, we're going to have to, we're actually going to have the director of the Canadian Pony Club on next. So before we go from one director to the next, that's two directors in one show. That's, that's a record <laughs> for us there, Helena. Say hi to Val. She's a good friend. All right, good. Um, do you, is there anything you can talk about that's coming up that uh, new changes, things that are proposed that you're excited about? I know a couple of years ago, you had a little bit of controversy around changing the age to 25, that they could stay into the 25. And I know my wife had certain feelings about that and they, they didn't match what ended up happening, but are, is there anything else coming up here that, that you can talk about? Or um, The age extension is certainly one of the new programs that has been put into place um, because of our strategic planning initiative that was started in 2004. Um, and it is you know, primarily to provide young people with an opportunity to <clears throat> come back and finish up their ratings and do those kinds of activities that they did not have time for because of the college time right. break and I, that I many guess have to take from their riding. To be the fair, other the- one is... The controversy, I think, right. around that, to be fair to those that disagreed with it, was that the people who worked their butts off to get it by the age of 21, some of them, not all of them, but, you know, I was, we actually did a show about that a couple of years ago, and there was a little bit of, you know, hard feelings, just a little, uh, from the people who had to work their butts off to get their A by 21, saying, well, now they can stay until 25. So Sure, and, yeah. you know, I think that it, for the most part, most of our graduates are happy to to reach back and and find ways of providing more opportunities for the young people following them, and that's really what this does. It, it yeah, I I don't think it it does much good to look back and say, right. gee, it was harder then. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, as we all get older, we tend to think that. But, yeah, we had um, to walk to the school and snow two feet deep for three miles. We didn't have buses. Uphill both yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah exactly. The <laughs> and the horses were tougher to ride and everything. Absolutely. The other the other really exciting thing that has happened in Pony Club in recent years is the um, addition of the specialty ratings in dressage and show jumping from the C3 to the B to the A. And um, this is something that our membership has been asking for, and our instruction committees worked very, very hard to put together a a set of standards that really make sense that is um, not just 
dropping away the other requirement the requirements in the other disciplines or in the other types of riding but to keep the riding in the open with all of those standards and also to elevate so that if you decided to specialize in dressage say at c3 then the expectations for what you would be accomplishing on riding on the flat would be um increased there so um we had a number of people including george williams lendon gray Trip Harding um, worked very hard on the, the dressage standard, and we also had professionals work on the show jumping standard as well. So that, that's very exciting, and our membership has told us by showing up at testings that they are very happy for these new opportunities that are available to them. All right. Well, I know that it really, it really is going to help to bring some of that membership back. Um, you know, I can speak as a college student. It is hard for me, you know, for me to even try and find regular, consistent time to ride consistently to be able to move on to another another rating. Um, you know, it's hard, especially when you go from a semester and then having a month off in between the fall and the spring semester, and then you just get your horse just fit again at the end of that that month, and then you go back to having another semester where you're riding on the weekends and then going back to a summer of, you know, riding, trying to catch up, and it's hard. Right. So it's a really allowing us a little bit more time to just get through the levels to get to where we want to be, um, you know, and it's a valuable tool as well. Well, you know, that's the sign of a good organization, one that is willing to evolve based on uh, how its membership is evolving. Mm-hmm. All right, Peggy, we're going to have to let you go. And Okay, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you being on with us today. Thank you very much. Okay, take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. Uh, it was nice to have Peggy on. We appreciate her stopping by today. And uh, Helena, there's something coming up that you want to talk about. That's right. If you're in the market for a horse, visit Aiken, South Carolina this March for the Aiken Event Horse Sale. Expertly run by Sarah Heffron and Craig Thompson, the Aiken Event Horse Sale features horses of all levels in one convenient location. We hope you'll make time on your calendar Monday and Tuesday, March 2nd and 3rd of 2009, to attend two great days of horse shopping in the United States' fastest-growing horse country. The goal of the sale is to bring together event horse sellers and buyers in one place in an enjoyable setting. And everybody is welcome. We want your attendance. Bring your friend. Bring your trainer. Bring your vet. And new for 2009, buyers do not have to register prior to the sale. Just come to the office on the day of the sale, sign in, and start trying horses. Or just enjoy watching a range of event horses strut their stuff. Admission is free. That's the Aiken Event Horse Sale, March 2nd and 3rd, 2009. It's going to be held at Shadow Lane Farm. And you can go to www.akeneventhorsesale.com for more information. Great. All right. So for all those eventers out there who are looking for a new horse, March is the time. That's right. All right, now we go from the United States Pony Club to the Canadian Pony Club, and we'll get on the line here. The direct, they actually call them administrators up there. The administrator of the Canadian Pony Club is Val Crow, and we're going to get her on the line here and, and see she has something very exciting that, that they're celebrating next year, and she wanted to tell us about it. Hi, Val. We appreciate you being on the Stable Scoop show, this uh, Pony Club edition. Well, thank you very much for having me. You're up there uh, where the weather's a little bit colder than it is here. It's pretty cool here today, yes. <laughs> where, where is your office located? 
Uh, the office is located in Manitoba, which is just above North Dakota and Minnesota. Okay, so yeah, that's chilly there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cold in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's about minus 23 this morning. Oh, my gosh. My. Oh, God, that is cold. That is cold. I will right. not complain ever again. Uh, <laughs> you don't do much um, actually, a lot of people ride in the winter. We don't work our horses unless we have indoor facilities. But lots of people jump on the horses every day and go for a ride through the snow. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can honestly say I've never been out with my horses at minus 23. Oh, well, you ride bareback and they keep you warm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you get me. a lot of snow? Uh, you know, I mean, at minus 23, at uh, those kinds of temperatures, I wouldn't imagine you get a lot of snow. Um, no, when, it's, when it sticks down there, it, it doesn't. But, you know, in the daytime, it'll come up probably back up to about minus 15 or so. So we'll get uh, a fair amount of snow. Right now, we've only got, uh, you know, maybe six or eight inches. But there'll be more coming, I'm sure. All right. None of us are allowed to complain in the United States ever again about cold. Right. Wait a minute. I have a question. I have a question. Okay. So the temperatures that we're talking about here are, are Celsius or Fahrenheit? I'm sorry, they're Celsius. Oh, well, that's still cold. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cold. We meet at minus 40. When we get when we'll get to minus 40, we're the same. Okay. So you okay. can assume that minus 30 is pretty darn cold. Pretty darn cold. <laughs> yeah. All right. So tell us what the big thing you have, the exciting news you have coming up. Well, in 2009, Canadian Pony Club is celebrating 75 years of kids, 75 years of volunteers, 75 years of horses. Uh, we're quite excited about uh, this celebration. 75 years is no small feat. Um, no, we were great. established uh, five years after the Pony Club was established in Great Britain. So we're almost as old as they are. They're celebrating their 80th anniversary coming up this year. Wow. Well, so we've got... Sorry? So the Canadian Pony Club is older than the United States Pony Club, actually. Yes, by quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So how many members do you have? Well, we're much smaller than they are. We have about 2,600. Okay. And they live all across the, the country, right from Vancouver Island straight across to uh, Prince Edward Island. Do you participate at all? Do, do the, the United States Pony Club and the Canadian po Pony Club participate at all in anything together? Yes, we do. Actually, we work with the USPC quite a bit, um, and there are several international uh, competitions that we um, participate with them. We do international tetrathlon with them. Uh, we do uh, international mounted games with them. We do international quiz with them, um, and we do with various invitationals with them as well. Where do you do the, um, the games with them? Uh, well, in 2009, because of their anniversary, the International Games are going to be held in Canada. Oh, wow. But they rotate between Canada, uh, Great Britain, Australia, and the U.S. And they're going so to be in the summer, I hope. Yes, they're okay. going to be in, in Calgary <laughs> in July. Oh, you're so. in Calgary. My fa I've always wanted to go to the Calgary Stampede. Well, we host it at <laughs> the time of the Stampede and the time of Spruce Meadows so that the kids can get to both of those. Oh, really? Cool. And at the same time, we're also hosting the Pony Club International Alliance meetings, which means that hopefully Australia, the U.K., Ireland, New Zealand, Hong Kong, uh, Canada, U.S. will all send reps to this, this meeting, and they'll get a chance to go to Spruce Meadows and the Stampede and, and see the finals of the, of the Mounted Games as well. Wow, so that's, that's really one, cool. That's one celebration we're certainly looking forward to. Yeah, I bet. I just thought, have you ever been to the Calgary Stampede? 
I have. Uh, it just looks like so much fun. Yes, it is. It is. And our kids, actually, last year we hosted the Inter-Pacific Rally, which the U.S. also participates in, and our kids actually walked in the parade and rode, rode and walked in the parade. So that was quite a, a, quite a feat for them. That was something to get into. It took a lot of a lot of negotiating with the Stampede people, but they allowed us in, and it was a great thing for the kids. Wow. So what, what do you have mostly? What disciplines do your kids tend to gravitate? I know in the United States you see a lot of eventers. And right. What, what do you see in Canada? Uh, in Canada, it's basically the same. We A lot of dressage, a lot of jumper, eventing, and then we do two others. We do what's called PPG, which I believe the U.S. called Mounted Games, and we also do triathlon. Uh, those are the basic five disciplines that we do in this country. Other than quiz, which is a non-mounted discipline, but has a huge um, participation rate because kids really enjoy the quiz, which is all theoretical knowledge, book knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's, it's yeah. sort of like playing Jeopardy for horses. We do a lot of games. We do a written test. We do ID, so they'll have like 120 articles on tables, and they go around the tables and have to identify them all. So it, it's quite a it's 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 a very uh, it's a very good the kids really enjoy it. Do you have the same kind of programs um, or, or something similar to what the U.S. Pony Club is working on in terms of um, making Pony Club available to kids without horses? Uh, yes, they're working on centers, and we've kind of um, like where there's no point in reinventing the wheel. So we've kind of looked at their basic program, and we're thinking about instituting it here as well. We're also, the other thing we've done to try and encourage kids without horses is we have taken our testing system and split it uh, so that kids who don't have horses but would like to learn about horses can go up through our levels and just do the stable management part. They don't have to do the riding part. And that that doesn't happen in the United States, Jesse? No. Okay. So that's kind of yeah, that's kind of neat. It's brand new here, and it's something we're trying to increase our our membership and keep our membership. Some kids um, have a horse, but as Jessica can probably tell you, the horse isn't ready to go on at the same rate the rider maybe has the bookwork all under control. Right. So, or they get a new horse, like the older members. They're often getting green horses to start, so obviously they can't go for a B, but they can still do the stable management part because they've been working on it all winter. So it's, uh, we're hoping it will help us with our, with our membership. Do you have, um, being in, uh, now this is coming from somebody who's just, who, whose whole world focuses around the United States. When <laughs> I look at, uh, at um, the Canadian Pony Club, I think of you as an international club. Do you, does Canada work with other countries and their pony clubs besides the U.S.? Uh, well, yes, we're part of the uh, the Pony Club International Alliance. We work with Australia, New Zealand, the uh, UK, and Ireland, especially. Um, the other country that's slightly involved is Hong Kong. They only participate in one of the international exchanges, so we don't do as much with them. But in 2009, Inter-Pacific is actually in Hong Kong, so that's an exciting thing for our kids to look forward to, um, maybe making the team and getting to go to Hong Kong. Yeah. Well, and they're going to let us, uh, we're going to use the Olympic facility for our competition. So that's going to be just huge for the kids. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, boy. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, cool. 
what other special things do you have planned for the 75th? Well, we're encouraging all the regions and all the branches to host their own special events, but the finale is going to be a big conference, which we're holding in Toronto in, uh, in November. And it will include all the disciplines. It will include a big youth conference. And it will also include our gala banquet. We've instituted 14 new scholarships just for this year. So uh, one young person from every region in the country, plus one for our new affiliate members, uh, will be eligible to uh, win a $500 scholarship in addition to the uh, other $2,500 in scholarships that we normally give out every year. So this is something to look forward to, and we're hoping that the regions will get together and send uh, lots of kids to the youth part of the conference, but there'll probably be about uh, 250 to 300 people at the, at the conference itself. And uh, the big banquet with, you know, hopefully people like Ian Miller and uh, Gina Smith and those kind of people who are alumni of Canadian Pony Club. Oh, so uh, hopefully Ian they Miller, will participate. Ian Miller is an alumni of your Oh, party? yes. Oh, Ian really? Miller is. Yes, actually quite a few of the Olympic riders that you see uh, came up through. We're very proud of them. Cool. All right. Well, we appreciate you being on with us. Maybe as we get closer to your, your big event next year, we'll have to get you back on and do a whole show with the Canadian Pony Club and talk about what's coming up and interview some of your, your riders and things like that. Well, that would be lovely. All right. We appreciate Thank it, Val. Thank you very much. You have, a, you have a good cold day in Canada. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye, Val. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Jesse, have you ever been to any of the international events that Val was talking about? Uh, no, I have not been lucky enough to go yet. I, it's one of my dreams to go um, to either like the Rollout or the World Equestrian Games, which I would love to go, but, you know, it depends on my school schedule, of course. Wouldn't it be cool to go to Hong Kong and compete for the United States team? Oh, I know. It would be. <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not rated high enough to go. Uh, okay. Just uh. checking. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody's been waiting to hear who won in the holiday giveaways contest, which we did started several weeks ago. And I'm happy to announce that there were over 1,000 people that registered. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so... Uh, that's a huge pool. Yeah, I know. I know. We have arrived. Yes, that's right. We actually have <laughs> listeners now. So um, the Equestrian Collections, which is the English website that we did we did the English show, the gift-giving show with, and then Rod's Western Wear, we did the Western show. They both donated merchandise, and people could sign up for either one to win. And this morning, I had my wife just pick random numbers between one of the thousand, and we chose our winners. So here we go. Uh, do you want to do the – we'll just – I'll get, get us started here, Helena. I'll do, I'll do Equestrian Collections, and then you can do Rod's. Okay, you got it. All right, so Equestrian Collections, we first had the Bella Sarah gift cover, and that was won by Meredith Whitney of Bedford, New Hampshire. The second uh, winner was a 2008 Briar Christmas ornament. That's that fancy $60 one there. Mm. Uh, won by Casey Keenum. And that was from Alachua, Florida. Okay, next time we do this, we have to pick easy names to pronounce. Because <laughs> hey, it was your wife. I know. I'm going to have to tell her that next time. We, the, we, yeah, have the P- owner's name. <laughs> we have Piaf Body Cream. That was won by Anissa Hance of Los Angeles, California. I could handle that one. 
Uh, men's Ariat Vest was won by Deborah Warfield of Washington, Pennsylvania. So I hope Deborah has a boyfriend or a husband or something. Uh, Bri- oh, the Briar Theodore O'Connor, the unopened Theodore O'Connor, was won by Jennifer Martin in, how do you say that one? Alf- Alpharetta. Alpharetta, Georgia. And then the last one for equestrian collections was the big one. It was the Wintex Kid Saddle, valued at about two hundred dollars, won by Sharon DiRienzo. DiRienzo? Yep. From Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania. So a little bit all over the country there. And we congratulate all the winners, and we thank everybody who signed up for the Equestrian Collections. And we especially thank Equestrian Collections for participating in the show and for providing all the gifts. All right, now the Western ones from Rods. Rods, Western wear. I love the Rods catalog. I get so excited when it arrives in my mailbox. Um, so what we have here, first, the kids' slippers. They were Western boot slippers, and those were won by Katie Schick of Brookville, Pennsylvania. Okay. We, job, also, we also had um, the, the very cool-looking cowboy wine holder who Glenn thinks looks like Tom Selleck. It does look like Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cool sculpture that, that holds a bottle of wine, and that was won by James Osborne of Miko, Texas. Oh, well, you know, I'm looking here, Helena, to stop you for a minute. He's also in the Army. So this is a perfect one for win. I'm glad he didn't win the kids' slippers. Who's in the Army? Oh, Mr. oh, Mr. James Osborne. Osborne, yeah. It looks like he's in the Army. He has an Army uh, email address. So, good job, James. He won the Tom Selleck Cowboy Wine Holder. <laughs> he's going to need his bottle of wine. <laughs> right. And thanks for serving. Then we have um, uh, Ms. Pamela Taylor won the Painted Pony Candy Cane Horse. Um, that, but that was an ornament, or was that a... That was one of those Painted Ponies. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, the candy cane horse, the painted ponies. Um, so, again, that goes out to Pamela Taylor of Yankton, South Dakota, where it's cold today. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Celsius or Fahrenheit. Yeah. yeah. And the Dr. Miller's book on natural horsemanship was won by Amber Wharton of Indianapolis, Indiana. So that um, those are all the winners from the Rods Western Palace. Well, thank you, uh, Rods, for playing along this year, and we hope to have Rods again back next year. That's right, and I'm very disappointed that I didn't win anything. I know. And your name was in there about a thousand times. I told you you couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's the benefit of having your own show. You can make and break the rules. Exactly. Exactly. There has to be some pros here. <laughs> All right, and the pink overalls, we didn't forget those. We had about 60 entries, believe it or not, for the pink overalls, and a lot of good ones. We're going to do that in our Christmas show in two weeks. That'll come out the 23rd, and we'll hope to have the winner on the show, and we'll read the top. The Christmas show is just going to be Helene and I having a little fun. So uh, that's going to be in two weeks, and and we'll do the pink overalls then. Be sure to listen to next week's show as we go down under with the Kiwis, and we'll spend some time with our New Zealand equestrian friends. We have uh, some, some special things planned there and some interviews there. And thank you, Jesse for being on with us today. We really appreciate it. You were good to guide us through uh, the world of Pony Club, and you do sound like you're very knowledgeable about Pony Club, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll have to have you back. I appreciate that comment. I really do. Um, Is there anything you want to ask me before I sign off? Well, will you come back on with us again next year sometime? Of course. Love to. We'd love to have you back, and anytime you get down here to Lexington, Kentucky, you let me know, okay? 
We'll try to. All right, good. And all right, so you can we we love feedback. If uh, any pony clubbers want to give us some feedback, you can reach us at geeks g e e k s at horseradionetwork.com, or you can send us a, or leave us a voicemail at two seven zero. 8030025 and all of the show notes from today's show you can find at stablescoop.com all right helena we'll be back next week talking with the kiwis and we'll be here with the scoop